Geekiest show ever, number 25. This is a bi-weekly show. We actually started exactly one year ago. My name is Tim Robertson. I'm the host of the show. I've got another host. His name is David Cohen. Hello, hello, hello. And Guy Searle. Yes, yes, we are here. So, guys, it was uh, exactly a year ago that we recorded the very first episode of Geekiest Show Ever. And, of course, the premise was, at the time, we were all still doing the MyMac.com podcast together. You guys are still doing that. I'm doing OWC Radio. But the idea was, you know, we have such great conversations, usually before and after we would actually record the MyMac.com podcast. Why not take that conversation and make it into a show? Yep. Here it is. It's, it's, it it's, is. The, it's the little rascal's principle. Now, we, we, we had to try this before, though, Guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a long, long time ago. Yeah. Did like, last yeah. year? No, it no. lasted four episodes. It was called Dung Bowlers. Uh, it's actually still up. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually still up in iTunes, I think. Yeah. If you actually go up there. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to search. Uh, do I have? That was, that was Chad, Tim, and me. Yes. And I, I think Chad came up with the idea for the name. I could be mistaken, okay. but I'm going to check in it iTunes. Was, honestly, honestly, that was just a terrible name. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. And as, as soon as you guys told me the name, it was like, Dung Bowlers. Oh, oh I, because we're, we're throwing shit around. I got it. Yeah. I think, I it's think, not um, in iTunes, by the way. You know, if, you go, <laughs> if you go to www.dungbowlers.com, you get this uh, Japanese website that looks very interesting. I oh, can God, imagine. I've got to check that. <laughs> Hold on here. Uh, now it's Chinese or Japanese. I can't tell which. I'll tell you. Yeah, my kanjis. It, I think it's Japanese. I think it looks like kanji. Yeah, there yeah, it is. Yeah, that's Japanese. That's <laughs> it looks like they sell TVs. <laughs> well, because when, when you're interested in buying a TV, the first thing you think of is bowling dung. Absolutely. So, okay. And oh, I see a bit here: iPhone versus Android. So it's obviously a tech site. Yeah, they were fans of ours before, way, from way back when. Hey, this is great! If you actually get Google to translate it, it's uh, it's uh, it's good stuff, really good stuff. Fermentation process: Blu-ray's take on the evil Amperman. Uncle Jam only know the dark side. It's my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Or, uh, wait a second. How, how am I going to get this translated here? <laughs> I've never done that. So this is uh, one year, guys, 25 yeah. episodes. That's nothing to sneeze at. Now, of course, you guys are doing a podcast. And uh, what did you just record? 280-something? Uh, 282. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, 25 doesn't seem like a lot. But then, again, this is uh, every two weeks. And, you know, we've skipped a week here and there. Um, yeah. Right. But now, you know, we must have made them up because we're at 25 at one year mark. So, yeah, we're absolutely. only like one episode away from where yeah. we should well, be. Well, we did one last week. Yes, and we yeah. took and a week we off on Christmas week. or something. Something yeah. like that. So, but uh, so it's not, it's not, not an achievement because everyone's familiar with Podfade where people yeah. get an idea and start doing something and then it, it just kind of peters out. I also fact, like the idea that not everyone that listens to this, David, listens to the, our other shows. Yeah, I hope so. I certainly hope so. I hope we have some specific fans for this one. That'd be great. Um, but I think given given the our general lack of preparation and kind <laughs> of winging it on this show, the fact that we've actually made it through a whole year is some achievement. You know, I don't listen to, um, at least not right away, every episode. 
I actually listened to our last week's episode where we really didn't have any plans at all on what we were going to talk about. I found the, the entire conversation pretty interesting. So hopefully this episode will follow suit. One of the things I did want to talk about, just mention briefly, honestly, and you guys both know about this, I bought a uh, DSLR. A yeah. hell of a price, too. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. I needed to get a new power strip. And uh, I, so okay, I thought. So power strip leads right into well, DSLR. Absolutely. Okay, because I went to Best Buy and I probably shouldn't have because I, I know that they're expensive, but it was closer. So I thought, oh, I'll just swing into Best Buy, see if they've got any, you know, pretty inexpensive power strips. No, they were like $20, $25. I thought they were on crack or something. So, <laughs> I mean, $25 for a power strip. Give me a break. Yeah. So as I was getting ready to leave, uh, I usually do a quick walk through around the, the store. And this is a smaller Best Buy. It's one of the smallest ones out there. So as I was doing a quick one through, I stopped at the cameras. Now, my wife Julie and I have been looking for a something to replace our little, what is it, HP camera. It's a 6.1 megapixel. And yeah, it I, just doesn't I work I used that well. camera at Macworld and, man, it was rough. Yes. <laughs> it's not a good camera. Well, what was it? What is it that makes it not so good? It's really slow. It's slow. Uh, occasionally, it gets spots in it. Uh, it almost looks like water spots in some of the pictures. It's just a crappy camera. And, it I mean, I've had it for, like, four years. It's been dropped. It's dinged up. It was time to get something new. And it's really, really horrible when it comes to um, any pictures oh. that are moving. And the, both the kids now... Um, well, not both. We've got four, but two of the kids now. One of them's playing volleyball, and the other one's playing indoor soccer. And we took pictures at the first game last week, and none of them came out worth a damn. They're blurry. They're, I mean, it, they're just horrible. So my wife and I have been looking for a couple of weeks now for a new camera, and I just happened to go through there, and I thought, oh, I'll look at the cameras real quick. And there, open, not in a box, was, um, you know what? I don't even have the. Model number in front of me. It was a Sony, wasn't so, yes, it? It was a, a Sony. An A300K, I think. Uh, you know what? That sounds exactly right, but I've got in my grubby little hands my iPhone with a notes application. So it's a DSLRA300K. Yeah. Uh, 10, meg- 10 megapixel, 2.8-inch uh, screen. And it has the screen will actually rotate up and down and kind of come out of the camera a little bit so you can literally it, hold yeah, it over I your head it. and it has a it has a live view on the screen which is is this a feature that's coming along but for a long time slrs didn't have in that you basically you had to use the viewfinder so the fact it has that as well is also quite a neat feature it's a i i won't pretend to know a whole lot about cameras it's never i i've had a passion for photography but it's been unfulfilled i don't know anything about cameras guys no. I can, I can oh. point a camera, click a button, and whatever was standing in front of me is now on the camera. That's about yeah. as far as <laughs> my knowledge goes. I used to take I used to take a lot of pictures when I was traveling overseas, and I had a um, it was one of the first Canon Rebels. Oh yeah, that was yeah, and and it was film camera. This you know we're talking about the eighties, and that was to replace. I had a Pentax K one thousand, which was like a manual everything. And the the problem I had with it was if 
there was a picture that was, you know, that whatever the image was that I wanted to take, and it was going to be a relatively short amount of time. By the time I set everything up for the picture, it was too late. It was gone. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. another time I was in, I was in Korea, and they have this thing that happens near the end of the school year every year. I like to call riot season where all the students basically lose their minds and start rioting, and then the police come out and they beat the crap out of each other, and then it's like somebody rings a bell and they all go home. It's called Mardi so, Gras here in the United States. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I was out trying to take pictures of that, but but my problem was, you know, tear gas just hits me like a ton of bricks, and, and every picture I tried to take was just so blurry that you couldn't even see what the hell was going on. Yeah. So well, this, the sun, sun uses them. They, effectively, this is the continuation of the, the Minolta uh, range, yes. Which is, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the big ones are, are Nikon and Canon, but uh, the Minolta, Minolta Dynax cameras were always pretty good, and um, I'm, I'm, I've heard good things about the Sony cameras. So I'm sure you're going to be very pleased with it. Well, you know, I took, I've probably taken 100 pictures with it so far, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not because like 60 of them were all at the same time last night, <laughs> and you know, taking pictures <laughs> yeah. of the kids playing and stuff like that. And uh, when I set it to portrait mode, what I really like is the person is really in focus, but the background is nicely blurred out. Yeah, that's that's one of the – when you've got a bigger lens and a bigger sensor, that's one of the beautiful things you can do with a camera like that. And those those kind of pictures, that's my favorite style of pictures to take stuff like that with the background kind of blurred away into what's called a bokeh. Um, and so you can just focus on, on whatever's in the foreground, and, and uh, particularly for portraits, that's fantastic. So far, I'm real happy with the camera. I'm hoping that this will alleviate our problem of going to a studio like an Olin Mills or something to get the pit kids' pictures together, taken, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, just get a backdrop, a sheet or something, hang it on the wall and put the kids in front of that with some good lighting, and we could take some really nice pictures, print them out yeah. ourselves, and there you go. You know, I bought Absolutely. an eight gig high speed card for this thing for less than forty bucks. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. it's amazing, isn't it's it? Cra- it's crazy. I mean, now, now does that does the does that one use because it's a Sony camera? Does it use their janky special Sony format, or does it take a standard card? It takes a standard card. It's um, okay. It's not. Well, SD, it's not SD. It's, no, it's the other one. Uh, compact flash. Compact flash. Compact yeah. flash. Right. But I got an ultra compact flash, which is really fast. And uh, I did notice a big difference in taking pictures with it, but yeah. I'm so far I'm happy with it. And so I got oh, it for two ninety nine. Uh, there was a batteries plus right here in town. I went there immediately after because that's why it was marked down so far. Number one, they didn't have the box, but they did have the uh, manual and everything with it in a baggie of all things. Uh, they had marked it down to four ninety nine. Then they realized the battery was missing, so they marked it down for two ninety nine. I came in like two hours after they did that, found it, and bought it. So I'm really happy. That's- um, yeah, I would be. Yeah, you know the funny thing is we were looking around the two hundred and fifty price range for just a a, a nice point. And Another shoot. point and shoot. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to alleviate our problem for years of even worrying about a new camera. So well, are you, are you planning on buying any other lenses for yeah, it? Yeah, on the one that you have. Maybe eventually, but I wanted to learn how to use it first. Um, yeah. Before uh, I, I sink any money into it, I kind of want to know what the hell I'm doing first. So I even so when I, it comes time to ask for a new lens, I'm kind of intelligent about it. One of the things, though, because we produce a podcast called My Photo Tech. Um, ah, Sandio. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to listen to Sandro's show a lot more. Sandro. Sandro. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that show a lot more often now with a lot more attention 
because I might actually learn something now. He's talking about something that I have an interest in. Yeah. Not that I wasn't listening before, but not being a photographer or having any decent equipment, a lot of what he was saying didn't really apply to it's my totally life. Kind of went over your head. Well, it yeah, didn't go over my head, but it didn't apply to what I was doing. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to hook you up. Yes, Andrew, go. Okay, so anyways, one of the things that I thought would be fun to talk about would be battles. And uh, what do I mean by battles? Go ahead, David, explain it. Well, this is this is the typical kind of geek, you sat in the bar type conversation where you get two guys who like two different things and they're trying to argue which one is better. Yep. And it always comes down to, you know, which which the, which of the two topics uh, would win in a fight. So, <laughs> you know, if somebody says they like Godzilla and then somebody else says, uh, no, I don't like Godzilla. I was, I was like the uh, three-headed monster. So I said, well, yeah, well, which one would Kidra. win in a fight? Kidra. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. the, the problem there is they actually do fight. They do you fight. You could yeah, see that one. Well, what I'm saying is what yeah, – But it's what totally scripted, Come says, on. Yeah, okay, but they, that's right. We, they did fight, so, so that's not a good one. But so there's somebody well, let's start. Get, get down to which would win, a Star Destroyer or the USS Enterprise? Well, we'll start right there. Yep. Okay, uh, Guy, go ahead for a Star Destroyer versus the USS Enterprise. What kind well, of Star Destroyer, though? Is it a standard well, I mean, Star Destroyer, it, it, or yeah, is yeah, it... Typical, the typical Star... Not, not, the, not the Super Star Destroyer. We're just well, talking why not? About the them. Enterprise is the flagship of the Federation. That's the best starship you can get. Well, yeah, but, I mean, there's a size difference here. Oh. Between the Star Destroyer and the Enterprise, and especially... You know, you figure that this, the Super Star Destroyer is like, what, 10 times or more bigger than a standard Star Destroyer? A Victory-class Star Destroyer, yes. Yes, I know my Star Destroyers. I always got the impression of the Super Star Destroyer that they kind of just made it up to make have a different ship in the movie. <laughs> um, they kind of... Really well, the, the thing was it was Vader's command ship yeah. when he wasn't on the Death Star. And his Super Star Destroyer... Um, because he was such a good tactician, and he was, of <laughs> course, feared, he had the biggest, baddest ship that the Empire could provide, second okay. only to the Death Star, of course. But obviously, being a Star Destroyer is much more maneuverable. So, yeah. so go yeah, ahead, guy. No, yeah, no one near as big as. Well, I was going to. Well, I don't think any of them were. I mean, if if you watch if you watch the movies, they all just kind of lumbered around. Um, I, I think that the uh, the Enterprise would eventually win just based on maneuverability. That they would just pick at it and pick at it and pick at it until you know the the Star Destroyer couldn't fight back anymore. Hmm. So maneuverability I, gets it. What do you think, David? Well, I'd be inclined to say. Uh, I mean, I'm a bigger Star Trek fan than I'm a Star Wars fan, so I would be inclined to say the Enterprise would win. Um, but having said that, I think. If you once you get into these arguments, you have to start thinking about the mechanics of it. It's not necessarily just about maneuverability. But for instance, would a turbo laser go through the Enterprise's shields, or would it be stopped? Uh, um, eventually, well, I, it's an energy beam, so it would. It, you know, it's unless... not really. It's not the turbo laser. Is not really a beam, though, is it? It's kind of like a bolt. Yep. Um, and you never really know from the movies whether those are actual, you know, energy beams, whether they're actually like pulses of light, or whether they are in fact some sort of projectile with a, uh, like a plasma around it. So, so I think that's that's a key question to think about because if it's just a beam, then I think the Enterprise shields are going to hold it off. But I think if it's a moving projectile, the Enterprise might struggle under the onslaught of of those 
because it's it's you know the, the their shields are designed to stop the energy beams. Well, it is energy only, um, and I only know that because of the expanded universe that's been explained. There, it's not like a mag slug or anything. It is pure energy. So the Enterprise is is going to hold it off at least for a while. But even in Star Trek's universe, the energy the the shields on the Enterprise fail. We can't take another hit. The shields are going to yeah. buckle. And, and interestingly enough, if you watch the, the 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 most recent, not the not the reboot movie, but the uh, Star Trek Nemesis, there was kind of a big protracted space sh- uh, battle there with the Enterprise up against a, a much bigger ship that outclassed it. Didn't re- actually really do that well, um, and they ended up having to ram the thing to stop it. So, uh, but but hadn't the Enterprise already been damaged at that point? No, I don't think so. Effectively, what what happened was the it was um, such a terrible movie. It was, it was a bad remember. movie, but the the Romulan ship was uh, was clo- firewall cloaked, so the Enterprise couldn't actually hit it, um, and that was part of the problem. But I think I, the Star Destroyer would tear it up. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. But I'm a big Star Trek fan, that's so wrong. don't get me wrong. No, I know, but you're you're a bigger Star Wars fan than you it are. It is, Star but Trek. I don't. That's not why. I think of the Enterprise shooting at something. It's like pew, pew, pew. But you see a Star Destroyer, and they just lay down a barrage of laser fire. I mean, there's hundreds of turbo laser turbo laser emplacements. That's just devastating. But not only that. The Star Destroyer has a complement of very maneuverable fighters. Yeah. The Enterprise doesn't have any. Well, they have the little shuttle ships. Yeah. I mean, let's see how a shuttle ship, how long you're going to last in that going against a TIE fighter. Yeah, I think the TIE fighters might might just tip the balance there, actually. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, they've got fighter. I mean, it's more like a aircraft carrier than anything. Yeah, well, like an aircraft carrier going up against a destroyer. Right. And my money is going to be with the aircraft carrier. I, I think the other the other problem is that the the Enterprise would struggle to actually. I mean, it would probably punch loads of holes in the Star Destroyer, but would it actually dis, you know would it seriously damage it? I mean, it's kind of like uh, firing shells at a battleship, isn't it? They could take a hell of a beating and still keep fighting. Exactly. Okay. Two words: photon torpedoes. Well, they've got those, and they've got torpedoes in the Star Wars universe as well. Luke fires one. To blow yep. up the Death Star. So you're not going to get any advantage there. But here's well, something. Okay. Um, my idea is what if the Enterprise just happens to have a copy or a working model of the Genesis torpedo? <laughs> <laughs> so we're not only going to destroy your ship, we're going to make a new star system there at the same well, time. As, as <laughs> Planet as Star Destroyer. Said, we're talking about... Candy-coated Armageddon. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Peanuts and a prize. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. So, uh, as far as what's the most powerful universe, you got to give it to Star Trek because they have Q, right? But there's nothing in the Star Star Trek universe like Jedi. No. Well, not uh, under under human anyway. Right. No one human. So okay, that's Star Wars versus Star Trek, and we could keep going on that one alone. But let's let's yeah. jump around to different stuff. Um, here's one for we'll start with you this time, David. Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson. They're both in their prime. Um, I would give that to Mike Tyson. Would you? Why? Yeah, because I think um, I think 
if uh, Ali got caught by a couple of those shots that Tyson would throw right at the beginning of a match when he would put somebody out, I think he would probably he would probably slow Ali down enough to to tip the balance. What do you think, guy? Uh, I, I I gotta go with Ali. I think because because Ali fought some of the uh, some of the most brutal bruisers of, of the George day. Foreman. George Foreman, you know Joe Frazier. Um, he lost oh, to Frazier though. Well, yeah, but at the same, we have to remember he was also older at yeah. that point too. You know, he and he had been out of the fight game for you know because with the the whole uh, Vietnam War protest that he was, he was doing because he he actually had won the heavyweight championship in the sixties, and then uh, to protest the Vietnam War gave it up. When he, you know, well, he didn't give it up. It was stripped from him when he decided yeah, okay. he wasn't going to be yeah. drafted, and that's when he became a Muslim and changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Cassius Ali. Clay to Muhammad Ali, right? right. But, but, but Muhammad Ali in his prime against Mike Tyson in his prime. Now you look at at the fight, some of the fights that uh, that Mike Tyson had lost, and and this was before you know he probably wasn't in the same kind of shape he was when he was like eighteen, nineteen years old. But he was he was still uh, you know just a, a, a vicious bruiser like the the, the fight that he did uh, where he tore uh, what's his name's ear off. No, yeah, he was not the same. Yeah, that, that, that was, was after that jail was and career. yeah, yeah. I mean, when he was when he was about twenty one, twenty two, he I mean he was stopping everybody in the first round. Yeah, nobody could even yeah. touch him. The only fight he lost yeah, was against Buster Douglas, the, and the that was a fluke. Was, they were all they were all trying to match his power. No, and no, they weren't. Was, I, I watched every fight that Tyson ever fought back then. He went against people that tried to stand up toe to toe with him. They got knocked down. He went up against people who tried to stay away from him, attacking from the outside. They got knocked out. Nobody could handle him then. He was so fast. That's what a lot of people think. Oh, he's just a puncher. You watch those old 18 through 21 years of age, Mike Tyson. He wasn't just hitting hard. He was fast. He would just he would jump on people and knock them out. I've never seen anybody that had that much power. That being said, though, I got to go with Muhammad Ali. I think he is the greatest of all time, and yeah. I think that he is so much more intelligent than Mike Tyson. That oh, just preparing for well, just preparing for the fight, he would get inside Mike Tyson's head to the extent that he would throw Mike Tyson off of his game. And he already. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what he did with with almost everybody he fought, especially if you know, during like pre fight interviews. Yeah, he did that with uh, George Foreman. George Foreman just couldn't handle it, and then the whole yeah. rope of dope where he just basically let Foreman beat the sh crap out of him until he was so tired that he couldn't fight back, and then Muhammad Ali knocked him out. I yep. mean, that's the rope of dope. He laid against the rope while the other guy made a dope of himself. And he, he'd be completely covered up. Yep. You know, all you were doing was punching his arms. Exactly. So I think in the end, I think if Mike Tyson caught him just once on the chin early in the fight, it would be Mike Tyson. But I think Ali would be too intelligent to put himself in a position to get caught in the first place. Thus, it would go into like the sixth or seventh round and... When he starts getting tired. Yeah, when Tyson starts getting tired from throwing those huge bombs that Ali would step in. Because don't forget, Ali had a punch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He could punch, too. And he'd tag, he tag you all day with his left. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, he had an awesome jab. So I think he would have kept Michael Tyson at bay and eventually knocked him out late in the fight. 
Yeah, no, or well, Tyson. Yeah. Tyson's would just fall to the ground from trying well, to Tyson, keep up. Them. I mean, Tyson. Tyson. You know, he he did some he did some long fights and still won. Uh, he won a few on decision as well. It wasn't all knockout, so I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know, but I'll tell you what, it'd be I would pay heaven and earth to see a fight like that. Ugh. But boxing is dead now. It yeah. is. That bo- boxing is it, over. It's all gone. It's all gone to uh, UFC Ultimate Fighting. Yeah, and it is so is much better. Bad. No, it's not too bad. Have you ever really sat down and got into UFC at all? Yeah, I've I've watched a couple of them. They're and, they're so um, much better than boxing. Boxing is completely crooked. It's a one dimensional sport, whereas UFC, where there's no favorites, there's no BS. It's Get in there and do what you can. You submit them, can you knock them out? I mean, it's it's so it's a very it tactical back, fight. It goes, it goes, it almost goes back to how boxing began, where you know, oh, absolutely, guys would climb in a ring and just beat the crap out of each other until one of them fell down. Yep, I agree, but I, I don't know. I, I like UFC, and I've been a boxing fan my whole life. I mean, I remember uh, my buddy not showing up to pick me up one night which I wasn't mad about because Mike Tyson was fighting in Japan against this jerk named Buster Douglas. <laughs> so I saw the fight that I was jumping up out of my seat going, oh, my God, Mike Tyson just got knocked out. I was it, I was so geeked. It was amazing. So, I mean, I've been a boxing fan my whole life. But there's something different about the UFC, about Ultimate Fighting Championship. It's so tactical. Um, it's not like it was when it started either. Then it was just a bunch of drunk hillbillies, you know, throwing bombs at each other. People like Tank Abbott. That's not what it is anymore. I mean, it's it's very it's it's amazing. But anyways, let's move on to the next one. Who's got one? Come on, Margaret Thatcher versus Hillary Clinton. <laughs> no contest in their prime. Thatcher, <laughs> Thatcher. yeah, in Margaret their prime. Thatcher, no contest because because eventually. <laughs> Hillary would just cry, right? And then Bill yeah. would, and Bill would Margaret, rush in there and I Margaret feel your pain. Hillary her crime was completely the unstoppable. Okay, I'm just kidding, mostly. <laughs> Ninja or a pirate? Ninja. I mean, what's a pirate? A pirate's not a fighter. Yar. Yar. Ooh, uh. Um, Hulk versus Superman. Hmm. Yeah, and we're not okay. talking about the the eventual Superman who's so powerful he can spin around on the Push earth and make it go backwards and crap like that. The actual Superman, Superman, the guy that's in comic books right now and in Justice League movie. And by the way, I'm halfway through that movie. Um, okay. Hulk I, versus Superman. I, I think if you look at what happened to Superman when he fought, was it um, the death of Superman? Was it, was it Doomsday? Doomsday. Yeah. Doomsday. So I, I think you'd end up with a result very similar to that, where you know they both probably end up killing each other. But I, I susp- I'd have to give that one to the Hulk. I think I think the Hulk is pretty much unstoppable because the more angry he gets, the more powerful he gets. Mm-hmm. Now, so, do you go with the Hulk, who's Hulk Smash, or do you go with the Hulk at the height of Peter David's run, where it was Bruce Banner, but he's the Hulk with an attitude? He was basically Wolverine with Banner's intelligence. Well, I think it'd be more stylish if it was uh, if it was the Banner Hulk, but I think Hulk Smash is is always going to win for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I, 
as as a, as a character, I, I think I prefer Superman, but yeah, yeah, I have to go with David there. I think uh, you know, even even if Superman, because you know, Superman has always kind of relied on his strength to to you know win the day. He he's not a fighter like Batman, who you know uses basically his entire environment. To, to go after whoever it is that he's got to go after. Superman's Superman, using, which, used what, to being the biggest, baddest guy in the room. Exactly. So yes. if, if he's trying to go toe-for-toe toe with the Hulk, who, you know, every time that that uh, Supes hits him, you know, the Hulk gets rocked back and it's like, oh, God, that pisses me off, you know, that he gets <laughs> even stronger. So, yeah, eventually, unless... Unless uh, Superman was able to to score, uh, uh, you know, this is almost you know Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. Uh, unless uh, Superman is able to score a relatively quick victory, he's going to lose. Because in the long run, the Hulk always wins. Did you read the ep- the uh, episode of the Hulk where, at the time, the Hulk was a lot smaller and he was gray and he was actually a leg breaker in Vegas, and they called him Mister. Oh Fix yeah, it. Joe Fix It. Yeah, Joe Fix It. And when the yeah. Thing at the same time had got a power boost and he was super strong. I mean, he was he was stronger than he's ever been. And yeah, so- he was. He was was one of the it was like an ultimate wrestling thing. It was really. I mean, in the long run, it was it was a really stupid thing for them to do with the thing. But okay, go ahead. So the Hulk, the 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 thing is ten times stronger than the Hulk at this point. And the thing has always lost to the Hulk because the Hulk was just always stronger. So now they're going to fight, and the thing is like, I'm finally the strongest one. Now I'm finally going to kick this little guy's ass. I'm I'm so happy. So the Gray Hulk now, which is it's the same guy, but he's more like he's very cagey. He keeps burrowing yeah. underground and doing hit and run attacks on. The thing, and the he thing. pops up like a mile away, and the thing goes running after him. And at the very end, um, the Hulk tackles him into the water, and the thing at this point is just exhausted from chasing after this little squirt. The Hulk takes him into the water and shoves his fist down his throat, and then does the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> so in reverse, in reverse. So no, he did the Heimlich maneuver, but he's underwater, so he gulped into uh, and sucks oh, out okay. Aaron, and. Uh, he basically drowns the thing, pulls him out at the last second, and he's like, I'll always beat you. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, wow, he still got the best of him because he's a better fighter. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, let's have another one. Come on. You guys have had the chance. Don't make me come up with all of them. And Enterprise uh, against the Star Destroyer was just too easy. Yeah. So a uh, a Colonial Viper against an X-Wing. Ooh. Uh, now, what? Which are we talking? A either one? A classic? I think. I think the classic we... because they seem more powerful to me. Yeah. Um. I I see that almost as a draw because they're they're in a, in a lot of ways they're very similar. You know, they're you know the X the X wings were always the more maneuverable, while the uh, I'm sorry, not the X-Wing. The TIE Fighters were more maneuverable, but had lesser shields. Didn't have any shields. Yeah. Whereas the... Um, oh, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the X-Wings as yeah. a winner for that. Just because they have shields. And as far as I know, the Vipers do not. Plus, they were computer-controlled by uh, Astromech Droid. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. 
Uh, you got a living computer sitting right behind you that's, you know, giving you all the information. What do you think, David? Well, I'm not sure. I, I, I mean, on that point, I, I must admit, I never really understood what R2-D2 did in the X-Wing, apart from our stupid questions of the pilot. Uh, yeah, he basically, <laughs> he was the, the interface between uh, the lower-level ship stuff systems. and the pilot. Yeah. And, of course, when it came to jumping to hyperspace, the, there wasn't enough room on an X-Wing for it to have a proper hyperdrive computer, so the astromech droid would do a lot of that too. Right. So yeah. it would also but perform I, repairs. I, I don't, yeah, I don't. Know, I don't know whether the the astromech droid gives it a, gives the X wing a real tactical advantage over a Viper. I think a Viper is much. The Viper pilots are much more seat of the pants flying than um, than some of the X wing pilots. Certainly, I guess it it would come down to me with who's actually flying the ship. Starbuck in. The the Viper and Wedge Achilles in the X Wing. <laughs> Wedge is toast. No way. He's leader <laughs> of Rogue Squadron. Toast. Yeah, he's still toast. Oh, that's leader of Rogue Squadron. He's a better pilot than Luke Skywalker. The only difference is Luke has a force to to help him. Wedge didn't even need the force, and he was that good. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what this is all about, right there. Absolutely. Um. Hmm, what's another good one? I'm, I keep trying to think of something outside the box that's not necessarily sci-fi. Um, and it's hard to do sometimes because, and I don't want to go the sports rock because you can always say, well, the 79 49ers versus, you know, I don't want to do that um, because David won't know what the hell we're talking about, half of them. Mm-hmm. But we did the boxing one. We've done Hulk and... And uh, okay, here we'll stick in comic books for a minute. Spider-Man against Batman. You have right. Spider-Man, who's very, very agile, very fast, can stick to walls, has webs. Uh, he's he he has a spider sense, so we know when something bad's about to happen, and he has the speed and agility to get out of the way. But then again, you have probably the best fighter in the world in Batman, who's a master Batman. technician. I th- I think it depends on the environment. Because I think what Batman would do if if he was going to go up against Spider Man is he would he would before the fight he would he would understand Spider Man's tactical advantages and he would look to do the fight on his terms and consequently he would negate most of Spider Man's advantages and I think Batman will win then. I got to go with Batman. I, I uh, P- Spider Man has you know Spider Man uses you know, quips and, you know, various other means to, to be distracting as, as part of his whole thing, especially if he's, if he's in a, in a real fight. And I don't think any of that was going to work against Batman. Batman would just be so totally focused on what it is that he's doing. He'd just be basically like, okay. you know, you can speak all you want. Well, and let, I'm still let's reframe that rather than having Batman versus Spider-Man. How about Batman versus Deadpool? Who's going to win that one? Batman. You still think for the same reason? Because I wonder whether Deadpool would have the edge there. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I think no, Batman. A better wins. one would be would be Wolverine um, against Batman. Well, no, no, maybe Wolverine versus uh, Deathstroke. Uh, I'd have to go with Wolverine. I don't know. You know, Deathstroke is like Deathstroke is taken just... down by Robin. Enough said. Well, Come on. Robin kicks okay. his butt. Um, no, seriously, though, Spider-Man against Batman, I would have to go with Batman. But unless Spider-Man got really ticked off about something. Did you see the episode 
or the issue years and years ago where Fire Lord, a herald of Galacticus, comes to Earth and uh, is pursuing Spider-Man. Spider-Man just finally loses it and beats the crap out of him. And they're like, they have to pull him off. They're like, dude, you're going to kill the guy. And Spider-Man's like, I'm sorry. I mean, he had literally lost and cut loose on a herald of Galagus and Galactus, Galactus, whatever. I never could figure that. I always call him Galacticus. Um, <laughs> and uh, and whoops his butt. So I mean, if if you really tick Spider-Man off, he stops being the funny guy and he focuses. Batman might have a problem. But remember, Peter Parker is very intelligent himself. Yes, but yep. not not on, not on the same level. It, it's a, it's a different kind of intelligence. A better fight would be, and this is more along a you know classic would would be Captain America versus Batman. Hmm, a straight up fight, Captain America. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Uh huh. There's because because Captain America is also quite a, a uh, um, he's a warrior. Yeah, but yeah. he's a very strategic fighter. Yeah, well, yeah, so is Batman, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know, but I think I think Captain America. I mean, Batman is is at the peak of human condition, but Captain America is a super soldier. Yeah, and, I, I'd have uh, to give it to Captain America, though. Yeah, I, I think so. All things being equal, so so here's another one. Then, how about a fully newly transformed Night of the Full Moon werewolf versus a vampire? Huh. Is it an emo vampire or a real vampire? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I guess part of that would also be. I mean, does he have does he have all of the you know so called vampire powers where he can turn into a bat, he can turn into mist, he can turn. You know, uh, no, I think because I, I think or is it just it a super easy. strong? Is he just a super strong vampire? I think he's a super strong undead being, and so is the so is the werewolf. I'd have to go with the mm. werewolf personally. Yeah, I'd agree with you. More, just yeah, more just, feral. Just as a berserker. Yeah, yeah, the werewolf would just rip the vampire apart. Yeah, yeah. And the va- what's a vampire going to do? Bite him? Yeah. And even if he did have all the vampire powers, w- what's turning into a bat going to do? The werewolf will just eat him. <laughs> well, yeah, but at the same time, if he's able, if like say he's able to turn into mist, so as the vampire comes, or sorry, as the werewolf comes right at him, he, he turns into mist, passes through him, immediately reconstitutes and, and like smacks the guy and then turns back into mist again. And unless he's got, unless he's got a, you know, a, like a werewolfy kind of vacuum cleaner, what the hell is he going to do against mist? Jump in water, hide underneath the water. The vampire gets bored. <laughs> Leaves. <laughs> uh, you're just no fun anymore. Yeah. I'd have to go with the werewolf though, just yeah. because, you know, you, the classic vampire to me was always boring. The only vampires I ever liked was Lost Boys. That's the only oh, ones God. I got into. And nowadays, vampires really suck. The whole emo. I mean, honestly, if it was an emo vampire, all the werewolf ha- werewolf would have to do is play some like candlestick music, and then the vampire would get all weepy. And, uh, so you're not, you're not a Twilight suck. fan, then, obviously. You know, I haven't watched them yet, and I haven't read the books, but I just look at them, and I'm like. Oh, emo vampires save me. I mean, they're all. Is there enough, isn't there enough fucking emo in our? Sorry, isn't there enough emo in our lives that you know not to have to put up with it? With with. I don't. I don't begrudge anybody's likes or dislikes. I mean, you're talking to a guy right now that 
I mean, we're we're debating who's going to win against fictional characters in spaceships. I mean, so I'm not going to begrudge what they like, but personally, emo vampires don't do anything for me. They don't. I mean, you know, but you, how wrong could they be? Look how much money that book and film franchise is making. So it's obviously well liked by a lot of people. Probably people listen to this show. So I don't want to begrudge yeah. what they like because they probably don't like no, what I like. No, I, 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 I'd agree with you there. I think that the, the clever thing about Twilight and, and the stuff like that is that it's using. Um, for me, I mean, I studied the, I studied Dracula and Frankenstein for um, when I was at school uh, and kind of did a did a kind of a fairly detailed paper on the the whole gothic horror um, sort of genre, and and. What what both what both those books were trying to do? They were just trying to use the um, the supernatural elements as a as a way of kind of accessing the human condition. And I think in in a very limited way, that's what stuff like Twilight is trying to do. And instead of being the the overall human condition, it's the teenage condition. Um, and I think for you know by using by using the tragedy and the and the the pathos of of what it's like to be one of these creatures, they kind of access what it's like to be kind of like a ungainly teenager who feels like you know the whole world's against them and that sort of thing and i think it's fairly clever how it does that and it doesn't surprise me that it appeals to quite a lot of people yeah it's uh all right let's go let's go absurd all right the tick versus the teenage teenage mutant ninja tick. turtles tick no question dick the turtles never actually really hurt anybody I know they just jump around and no, go. It's, yeah, it's, it's like it's like GI it's like GI Joe versus Cobra in the cartoons. You know, it, it doesn't matter how many times you you shoot one of their planes out of the sky, you always saw that parachute open every single time. Not like in the A team when they used to flip through the air and land on the roof of the jeep, and then and the, the everybody bad guys would just crawl, would crawl out. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like really, that's what you're gonna go. You're gonna go with that. I'm trying to think of uh, what's what's big on television right now as far as, like, kick-butt stuff. I can't think of anything. Oh. I mean, is there an A-team out there nowadays? I can't think of anything. No, the whole, you know, it was weird. At a time in, like, the 70s and 80s, you had all these, these private detective shows. Yep. And, you know, and then that kind of fell out of favor. Um, in the nineties, was all hospitals and doctors, or lawyers. It's, well, it's still a little bit like that. The now it's all CSI and NCIS. Yeah. And are, are you guys as sick of of that crap as I am? I said, to, I said, what, I said to Tim a couple of weeks ago when I was in San Francisco. A couple of nights, I flipped on the TV after we we got back to the hotel, and and I said I couldn't believe it. It was just one after the other. It was yep. CSI yeah. this, CSI that, and then or NCIS, it's NCIS, this, NCIS yeah. that, and they were all basically the same show. Right, and not yeah. only are they the same the show one, that they're out. they're not only the same shows of each other. They're just taking like Law and Order to the next level. That's all it is. It's Law and Order with science. Yeah. Now, every once in a while, they'll be like, my wife loves this show called Bones, Ugh. which is kind of similar to CSI, but it's done with some humor and, and there's actual some, there's actually some, some character development and, you know, some, some little differences from. It always, it always looks to me like, um, it's a cross, uh, C, that, well, that one's a cross between CSI and Moonlighting. 
only not quite as silly. Yeah, yeah, that's because they not a they kind of have that. Yeah, they kind of have the the romantic tension between two leads, don't they? But you know, yeah. the funny thing is about the CSI shows and the Law and Order shows. There's just way too many of them. I agree. I don't yes. usually watch them. But here's the funny thing: if I'm forced to sit there and watch one from beginning to end, it's usually a good show. I usually yeah. think, "Wow, that was actually pretty good." The uh, I I think. I think you're absolutely right. The problem with them is just that they've been overly franchised. Yeah, it's like, like you know, like, you let's, know. let's have a little more variety, guys. Come on, really? Please. Do we do we need this over and over and over? And there's, there's also, there's not enough color in the way they're actually presented. If they're all kind of different, you know, then then fine. But, I mean, you watch CSI Miami, you watch CSI New York, it's basically the, the scenery is different, but the the format and even the way they kind of present the script is exactly the same you know the only one that i can't stand is the i think it's the miami one who, with the guy with the red hair that always wears the sunglasses yeah, david caruso, david caruso. I, I can't yeah, stand that guy so much that i just want to smack him every time i see him on the screen because <laughs> he stands there and he acts like he's such a badass or something <laughs> well that's 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 his that's his shtick that's well his shtick sucks though. because i look at it and i'm like the guy's a tw- i could break this guy over my knee and spank him there's a there's a, a very good YouTube video where the because because his trademark is to deliver a one liner to yeah. do with the case and then to either put his sunglasses on or take them off uh, and there's oh, and a YouTube it, video so... and it's where it's like ten minutes of just his one liners and him doing that and it's absolutely hilarious the way it's been cut together. Uh, did did you guys see Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yeah. You know there was because Jason Siegel who you know is the the lead character in it. He's a musician that does music for a show like this. And the, the little clips that you see of the show, it's like such such a, a, a takedown of those CSI type shows and it and it's it's just done so so badly that it's 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 good. Well I think we're gonna wrap up the show guys. I know that uh you guys both have stuff you gotta do. I know David's is to go to bed and Guy has to go pick up his son and yep. i need to put this show to bed so i can go home myself that would be really nice oh that's right you're still that's right you're in the office i am in the office and i still have to uh go home and i gotta go to uh kalamazoo tomorrow to get my car inspected so i can get an insurance check and then get it fixed so oh joy yeah you know it's one of those things uh we will be back in two weeks and i've been promised that chad we'll perry no, Chad Perry will actually be here. Uh, oh, cool. Of course, you know, I put that open invitation anytime he wants to come up and be on the show um, that he could be because, you know, he fits in right real good with us on this show. Um, so hopefully he'll show up. He said he wants to, and he's really looking forward to it. So, Chad, I know cool. you're listening. It's on the – you got to come now. you got to be it's here. It's not done bowlers, Chad. Chad. Chad, you can come with your own list of um, – of versus battles, and we can. Uh, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll Chad, actually have Chad some time. Perry to, list of who would you do? Who would you do? No, let's not do that. <laughs> okay. So uh, with that, for Guy and David, I'm Tim. We'll see you in a week, two weeks, not a week, two, two weeks. weeks, two weeks. <laughs>